0: Hello and welcome back to Oral Valley Catholic. This is Father John Arnold. And so in the gospel for the 28th Sunday of Ordinary Time from Luke 17, it continues on from last week. And if you recall last week, Jesus said, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, then this tree, mulberry tree would uproot and plant itself in the ocean. And so think about faith in the story today, because the story today is about Jesus healing 10 lepers. What I want you to focus on is how the story from Luke 17 begins. And it begins like this. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. So what's it mean to be stuck between Samaria and Galilee? between belief and unbelief and to find salvation. And that's the story, the healing of the 10 lepers. So let's go for a minute and let's continue talking about human sin as we think about divine healing. If you remember, chapter 17 of Luke starts out with sin is inevitable. There's really not much you can do about it. Or as the gospel starts out, it says, in chapter 17, verse 1, he said to his disciples, things that cause sin will inevitably occur, but woe to the person through whom they occur. It would be better for him if a millstone were put around his neck and he'd be thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So think about human sin. Sin is something we do. It's something that's irrational that just simply defies the relationship with God and one another. But we are born into a world where sin is dominant. Just think about all the kinds of influences on TV, social media, amongst your friends and family that have helped build up attitudes in you that are something less than healthy. So when we talk about sin and our our proclivity to give in to sin, Jesus wants to juxtapose Faith uh, as the solution to sin, because sin is that magical way of thinking where you think you can make yourself happy on your own terms without reference to God. But faith is about trust in God, and it's about being connected with God. Faith does have a content to it, uh, the trinity, the incarnation, the virgin birth, uh, virtue in the, in the moral life this is the content the beliefs of faith but fundamentally faith is about this connection between god and your neighbor and how you pursue both in a deeper uh, connection that uh, will will make you whole through the grace of god so with that background i want to briefly recap for you how the church looks at sin and then we'll turn to the story of the healing of the 10 lepers so this is catholic 101 when we talk about our diagnosis of the human condition start out with the default position you and i are made in the image and likeness of god we're very good we know this because uh, genesis 1 and 2 tell us that and what's the image of god in us well it includes it's reflected in our intellect that is our understanding Uh, our ability to understand the truth, and in our will, that is our choices, our desires, which are oriented towards the good. The beautiful can bring us to the true and the good, the appreciation by the intellect and the desiring by the will of the good. Um, But that ability has been deeply flawed by a primordial event that we call the fall, and the story we tell is the story of Adam and Eve, which is this story of magical thinking where you can be happy eating this fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil without reference to uh, to God and his, and his role in creation, um, his central role in creation. So that to say we're made in God's image isn't simply limited to the intellect and will in each of us, but it's also the understanding through revelation through Jesus Christ that God is a a trinity of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So human beings are not complete in and of of themselves. That's also reflected in the story in Genesis. Remember where where God says, it's not good for the man to be alone. And so he pulls Eve, makes Eve from a rib from God's side. And I mean, from uh, Adam's side, and Adam looks at Eve and says, Oh, at last, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, that he sees in Eve a completion of himself. But of course, that's torn apart by sin. Um, so there's something essential in our holiness and our happiness that is lost when either intellectually, we disconnect from the truth, reason, how it is we live our lives rationally, or that our wills disconnect from what is uh, the good by trying to desire things that are not good. And so, since God is love, God is Trinity, human beings are made for love, uh, to be loved by God, to love God, to love one another, and to love God's creation in ourselves, those three levels of love, is when somehow we fall away from uh, this love that gives justice to God, wills the good of another, uh, it's a deep wound in us. And that deep wound is experienced at three levels. The first is our separation from God. And here's how it is that we experience it. People walk through the world and they can't see God. They don't hear God. God is absent to them. You know, for Catholics who really do believe in God in his presence, we can understand the problem of not seeing God. But faith takes us and heals us because it assures us of God's presence with us. That God is not only the transcendent God completely other than creation, but also he's closer to us than our very selves. We experience him in our uh, intellects, in our wills, even though it's experienced in a distorted way. But how sin affects us is this understanding of separation from God. Maybe you experience that when you're praying and you just wonder if you're doing it right or if anyone's listening, and but you keep praying, because faith, faith is what heals you. Then the second level of sin is separation from each other. It's irrational arguments we have with the people we love. It's on a larger scale. It's violence in Ukraine, violence in Nigeria, violence in the Middle East. Iran's going through a very violent moment now. Uh, injustice, that pits people one against the other. And sometimes selfishness. Um, Human sin at every level experienced in human culture. So sin we experience in our separation from God and our separation from each other. But the third level of sin is that we experience the internal disintegration in our own mind and hearts, our intellect and will. How many times do you get thoughts that you really just don't want? How many times have you said, why did I do that? Why did I will to do something which I didn't really want to do? And so let's look at the story of these three, these 10 lepers that are healed. And remember that when we're stuck between Samaria and Galilee, somewhere between on the road to Jerusalem, we're somewhere in process of uh, this healing experience of grace. Uh, Let's see why this leper's worship of Christ is in fact, uh, points us in the right direction of what healing looks like. So now we'll turn to the gospel. So I'm gonna comment on the two readings. The first one is from 2 Kings chapter five, and it relates how a Syrian general, a non-Jew, is healed by Elisha, the man of God, by uh, bathing seven times, dunking himself seven times in the River Jordan. Naaman is a leper, but it's listening to the man of God that brings him uh, into healing. And it's a precursor of the sacrament of baptism and how baptism uh, heals us. But the gospel is the story of the healing of ten lepers, And the gospel goes like this, chapter 17, verse 11 of Luke. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing he'd been healed, returned glorifying God in a loud voice. And he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. The gospel of the Lord. So let's talk about those two stories. So Naaman is this warlike general who has actually raided Israel, seized a young Israelite girl, made her his concubine apparently, which is like a maid that you also have relationships with. And he becomes a leper and the young uh, Israelite girl says, well, we have people in Israel that can heal that. We have people called prophets. So Naaman goes down um, to, um, to Samaria and there he meets the king and when he goes and meets the king, the king goes, who, why are you coming to me? Who can heal leprosy but God? And that's also the attitude of the New Testament. We don't think about leprosy like that now because we call it Hansen's disease. We've come up with effective treatments for it. But in the ancient world, uh, it was not so. A uh, Leprosy was a progressive disease as most diseases were in fact uh, progressive. And so the idea that Elisha could uh, heal is very much about the power of God, not magic, even though he tells Naaman to go and dunk himself seven times in the River Jordan. He's calling for an act of faith because only God can heal leprosy. Now, this is the interesting thing to think about with the Old Testament story of Naaman and Elisha. Typology is about the symbolic world that we live in. Jesus is not comprehensible without understanding him with the background of the Old Testament. I mean, if Jesus just dropped down in the streets of uh, Tucson, Arizona, of Valley, and started healing and talking about the kingdom of God, how, what would you make of him? I mean, without an understanding who the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is, what a Messiah is, what a prophet is, what the prophecies about the Messiah were, Um, he would just be like this magical figure. But he is rooted instead in this long cultural understanding of how God has worked in history because God is a provident God, which means God provides, and God provides in history. So, the important thing to understand about that first reading from 2 Kings and the healing of Naaman is only God can heal a leper, that Naaman was healed by dunking himself seven times in the River Jordan, which is the same place that Jesus and John the Baptist um, were, were baptizing, and that Naaman converts and he actually takes, quote, two mule loads of earth back to his home in Syria because he no longer wants to offer holocaust or sacrifice on Syrian dirt. He's going to do it on an altar based on dirt loads, two mule loads of uh, dirt that he's taken from near the River Jordan. Now, the prophetic background of the story is this. Elijah is the prophetic predecessor to Elisha. So Elijah, if you remember, confronted King Ahab. And in the course of Elisha's story in 1 Kings, Elijah um, does eight miracles. He um, calls down fire from heaven, various miracles. Elisha, when he is anointed is Elijah's successor as prophet to Israel, he receives a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And so for Elisha, and this is biblical typology, Elisha in the story in 2nd King performs 16 miracles, Elijah 8, Elisha 16. So you get Elisha is twice as powerful, a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. Why is that important? So let's go down to the Gospel of Luke. How many lepers does Jesus heal? Jesus heals 10 lepers, not one. And so he's 10 times beyond what Elijah is. But also, he doesn't ask them to do anything. He doesn't ask them to go and um, dunk in the river seven times. Instead, when the 10 lepers ask him to be healed, he says, go show yourself to the priests. Well, that's actually out of the book of Leviticus, and without going into it, there is this long protocol for how the priests of the temple would examine somebody who was known as a leper to decide whether or not they have been cleansed of leprosy and could once again enter into um, communal life in Israel. So as these 10 are going off to do that, you know, Jesus, if you notice, doesn't say that they're healed in fact it takes some faith that they go to the priests and what it says is that on the way to see the priests um, they were they were cleansed as they were going it says quote they were cleansed and one of them realizing he'd been healed returned glorifying god in a loud voice and he fell at the feet of jesus and thanked him he was a samaritan when it said he fell at the feet of jesus the actual Greek word, because I think it does make a difference, is prosopon, prosopon, which is actually the word that we use to describe the three persons of the Trinity. And what it means is face. So it isn't just that he genuflects in front of Jesus, he goes prone in front of his Jesus with his face in the dirt. And that, if you can imagine it, is the uh, posture of worship. Uh, how it is that you would worship God. Um, If you're on your knees, your face in the dirt, you are worshiping. So when he thanks, and the word that's used is Eucharistio, Eucharistio, which is, as you know, the word that we use for thanksgiving, the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ. What you're seeing woven into the story is Jesus is far more powerful than Elijah. Elijah that he doesn't have intermediaries for healing, like dunking seven times in the Jordan River. He just tells people to go and show themselves to the priest, and people do what he tells them to do. And through doing what what he tells them to do, that is through faithful trust and commands, they find their healing. But that in itself is not complete. What makes it complete in the story is that this one man comes back to worship and so remember again what jesus says jesus said in reply ten were cleansed were they not where the other nine has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to god and he said to him stand up and go your faith has saved you so think about the motion that's going on in luke 17 from an understanding of sin to so the role of faith and faith can do impossible things to how it is uh, that you, what you do to give thanks to your master at the table because you're just doing what he asked you to do to the story of the healing of the ten lepers. And although they're healed, in addition to the healing, this one Samaritan is told that his faith has saved him. So think about the context of this story. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. So he's not home. He's not in a safe place. He's just on the road with us, and he heals other people on the road. You know, you can have an experience of the Catholic faith of our Lord, and feel that you have been released from sin and that you have been healed in some sense. And people have those stories. I hope you have those stories. But it's not complete until you turn and you come to worship. Because it's in worship that we come into right relationship with the power of God. Do you remember the distinction between magic and sacrament? Magic is thinking you control the powers of nature and divine powers and using material things you get a divine effect the sacrament is exactly the opposite it's allowing god through the work of the church the sacrament of the church a sign of our lord's continuing presence amongst us because the church is the body of christ that god works on us god helps us god sanctifies us and in coming to sunday mass or daily mass Uh, we return thanks by getting on our knees just like the Samaritan and offering worship. So why don't we pull this all together in the last part of this episode of Oro Valley Catholic. And so Jesus heals 10 10 times the lepers that Elisha healed. He does it without any intermediaries. He himself is worthy of worship. And so the very next story after the healing of the lepers is this little pericope. The coming of the kingdom of God, starting at Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he said in reply, the coming of the kingdom of God cannot be observed, and no one will announce, look, here it is, or there it is. Or behold, the kingdom of God is among you. So what they don't understand it's already there. And it's there in the person of Christ. And it's those baptized into Christ that enter into this kingdom. And it's through worship, true worship, that we experience the healing that we need at every level, our healing between us and God through baptism and the sacrament of, of reconciliation, our healing in between one another uh, when we experience... Um, the love of God and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then how it is as a community, we find communion in God and one another because we all come to the same sacrificial table. But it's in media a race, it's in the middle of things, it's on the road that these things happen. So how is it that this one Samaritan leper who is not a Jew and he's not baptized... How does he find his salvation? Well, he finds it in coming to worship Christ. And so see how this man's faith is demonstrated in two ways. The first is that the Samaritan recognizes that mercy has come from Jesus, and he returns to thank him in, the, in the, his form of faithfulness to the mercy of God that's been made manifest in him. So how do you find salvation to your faith? It's through this call to mercy. Do Remember in the Our Father, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. This testimony to the mercy of God is how you and I find our salvation. You know, forgiveness is not Alzheimer's disease. Forgiveness is the decision, the choice, not to keep punishing another person for something that can't be undone. It's to show mercy, and that means to will the good of the other as the other. But there's a second way that the Samaritan's faithfulness is demonstrated. And because this healing of mercy, the physical healing of leprosy, demonstrates a deeper spiritual healing. This man is caught between Samaria and Galilee. He's short of Jerusalem, the place where God dwells. And so if you think of this kind of separation that we have from God, which is so fundamental to the experience of sin, which is, remember, that first effect of sin is our separation from God. That he connects with God by connecting with Jesus. He, as a Samaritan, connects with the Jews by connecting with Jesus. Because Jews and Samaritans, as you remember, are really, they won't share common plates or anything. Luke spends a lot of time talking about Samaritans. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan, um, uh, which is the, uh, where the one Samaritan stops and heals, and the other stories about Samaritans in Luke, because he sees that this enmity between the Samaritans and the Jews is being healed in Christ and the church's own ministry. If you read Acts of the Apostles, one of the first places that the disciples go is Samaria. And in chapter 8 of Acts of the Apostles, they baptize in the name of Jesus, and they lay hands on and give the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so that this experience of healing, which continues to grow with the Samaritan people, brings them into union with, uh, with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that had been severed all the way back. And this is the great thing about scripture. In the times of Elijah and Elisha, Elijah and Elisha could not heal the break between Samaria and Israel in the history of uh, the people of Israel from the ninth to about the sixth century. Uh, No prophet was capable of doing that. Not only does Jesus heal this Samaritan leper, but he's the way that the rupture between the people of Judah and the the 10 tribes in the north is in fact healed. So the coming of the kingdom of God, what's it look like? It looks like the source of communion. This one person who's worshiped by the Samaritan, and then it's his body goes out and baptizes Samaritans, confirms Samaritans, and shares the Eucharistic meal with them. So on one level, This is an interesting story about a healing of Jesus. But if you see in the context of Luke 17, which is about sin and faith, and where true healing and true divine power is expressed, very very clearly for Luke, it's through the person of Jesus and his ministry, rooted in mercy. And so, show mercy to others. Do what our Lord does. God bless you. This has been another episode of Oral Valley Catholic.